And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to FedEx. Today, we're going to be covering the murder of John Benet Ramsey, man. Uh, no intro on this one. Uh, I'm here with, as you guys know, Angie. <laughs> yes. Uh, introduce yourself to the, real quick to the people. Uh, real quick. Uh, my name is Angie. And finally, we're covering John Benet Ramsey because it has been requested for quite a while now. Yeah, you guys have been asking. And yes. So, yeah. So I we're here at 3 in the morning for y'all after a fresh fit episode to get this done for y'all, man. Because as you guys know, by the time you guys see this, I'm probably going to be in Houston and or coming back from Houston. So I want to make sure I get this for you guys so you guys have the content. But anyway, without further ado, let's get right into it. Here, John Bonet, uh, John Bonet Patricia Ramsey, born uh, August 6, 1990, uh, passed away December 25th or 26, 1996, was an American child beauty queen who was killed at the age of six in her family's home in Boulder, Colorado. A long handwritten, uh, handwritten ransom note was found in the home. Her father, John, let me enlarge this for you real quick. Her father, John, found the, the girl's body in the basement of their house about seven hours after she had been reported missing. She had sustained a broken skull from a blow to the head and had been strangled. A garrote was found tied around her neck. The autopsy report stated that John Bonet's official cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with a cranial cerebral trauma. Okay, so head trauma. Uh, her brain, her death was ruled a homicide. The case generated worldwide public and media interest in part because her mother, Patsy Ramsey, a former beauty queen, had entered John Bonet into a series of child beauty pageants. The crime is still considered a cold case and remains an open investigation with the Boulder Police Department. The Boulder Police Department initially suspected that the ransom note played had been written by Patsy and that the note and appearance of John Bonet's oh, body had been staged by her parents in order to cover up you're, the murder. You're, you're, you're literally telling the whole documentary. Well, no, no, no. I'm not going to go into the Woman, be quiet. Stupid. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, obviously, I'm just going over the little basic stuff here, and then we're going to continue on. But, um, <clears throat> uh, and then, what was I going to say here? Sorry. The Boulder police initially suspected that ransom note had been written by Patsy and that the note and appearance of Jean Bonnet's body had been staged by her parents in order to cover up the murder. Okay. In 1998, the police and district attorney both said that Jean Bonnet's brother, Burke, who was nine years old at the time of her death, was not a suspect. All right. So that's kind of a summary, guys, of what's going on here. But we're going to go ahead and cover this documentary, which pretty good. Shout out to Angie for finding this. This documentary. So we're going to play this <clears throat> and uh, react to it and give some commentary. So, yeah, without further ado, Angie, you got anything you want to say before we play it? No, we can do it. <laughs> what was that? We can start now. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's get into it, guys. No, what's left in your daughter's yeah. gun? We are kidnapping. All right, please. Explain to me what's going on, okay? There, we have a There's a note left in our daughter's gun. A note was left in your daughter's gun? This frantic voice belonged to Patsy Ramsey, the mother of six-year-old John Benet Ramsey from Boulder, Colorado. Patsy discovered her daughter's disappearance after finding a ransom note as she walked down her steps the day after Christmas. She immediately called the police for help. In a tragic turn of events, the lifeless body of John Benet would be found in the basement of the home later that day. Keep your babies close to you. There's someone out there. Was it an abduction gone wrong? Or was John Benet's murder the goal all along? What really happened in that basement on that cold Christmas night in 1996? Welcome back to Mysterious 7, where we shed light on mysterious cases from across the globe. 
Today, we're looking into the 26-year-old bizarre... And shout out to this channel. This channel is uh, The Mysterious 7. Go ahead and subscribe. Give them a like, guys. Okay, show them some support because this is a pretty good one. Uh, and once again, thanks to Angie for finding this because there were a couple documentaries on this, but I mean, what were the issues with them? They were just like boring, not as good or... Yeah, um, they rumble way too much about like me meaningless details, so... Gotcha. Okay. A case of John Benet Ramsey. If you still haven't subscribed to our channel, please hit the subscribe button and press the notification bell below. Let's dive right into this mystery without any further ado. In 1979, former beauty queen Patsy was only 22 when she met a 14-year senior businessman, John Ramsey. The couple were married the following year on November 5th, 1980. Yeah, because he had that, you know what I'm saying, we're going to talk about their money here in a second. John was divorced from his first wife, with whom he had three children. After seven years of marriage, Patsy gave birth to their first son, Burke Ramsey, who was born on January 27, 1987. With his keen interest in business and a master's degree in business administration, in 1989, John formed the Advanced Product Group, one of three companies that later merged to become Access Graphics. The following year, on August 6, 1990, Patsy gave birth to their second child, a daughter in Atlanta, naming her John Benet Patricia Ramsey. Her first name, an homage to her father, and her middle name to her mother. Shortly after her birth, in 1991, the family moved to Boulder, Colorado. I will say that I don't agree with putting um children and pageants i think it's a little weird and strange and i don't think it's appropriate granted i know it's something that's been around forever but i don't think uh i just don't believe in beautifying and or sexualizing children i just i, I just disagree with it used to be a pageant when person I was too? Eight, yeah really my mom took me out because of this with, with, because of what you're saying oh because it was like too yeah, yeah they will like just make us do like fashion shows like like they're really like unnecessary stuff that we didn't need to do yeah but as being kids you know like so yeah t she took me out yeah I, I just i just i couldn't picture my daughter wearing makeup as, as a child you know what yeah, i mean i just i just weird. don't like that so i mean i, I get it like page pageants are like a thing but i i disagree with them i don't think we should mm -hmm. have little girls in pageants but that's just me oh for the business Moving into a mansion in Boulder, the Ramseys were one of the wealthiest families in Boulder. Alongside the 15-bedroom mansion, the family owned two private jets, one yacht, and one holiday home in Michigan. John was, at that time, the CEO of Access Graphics, which would go on to become a billion-dollar company by selling Unix-based computer systems. His net worth was estimated at $6.4 million by 1996. While John took care of the finances, Socialite Patsy devoted most of her time at home looking after her two children. Burke was a shy and quiet kid, but John Benet was very well-spoken and outgoing. She was, she was a spark plug. She, she was very extroverted. You know, we say she showed up and life was like, ta-da, I'm here, you know. Starting from when John Benet was very young, Patsy entered her in children's beauty contests. And she was tremendous in her performances with her poised smile bouncy blonde hair, and glittery costumes. With her mother's training, who was a pageant girl herself, John Bonet won the first pageant she was ever entered into and would go on to win many more trophies in her short life. 
She attended High Peaks Elementary School by the time she turned six in 1996. The Christmas celebrations in 1996 began like any other Christmas. Little John Benet got a bike as a Christmas gift that year. The Ramsey family spent the... And real quick, just so you guys know, uh, six, six, seven, seven to six million dollars back then was approximately 13 million today as far as inflation goes back in 96. And you know, the crazy part is, is that um, she's my age, guys. I was born in 1990 as well. So this is wild to me that, you know, and tragic that someone will lose their life so early on. Evening at a Christmas party hosted by family friend Fleet White. According to statements, while returning home, John Bonet had fallen asleep in the car. So John carried her up the stairs to her room and put her to bed at around 9.30 p.m. Shortly after, Patsy and John went to bed as they planned to get up early to prepare for a trip to their holiday home on Lake Michigan. The following day, on December 26, 1996, Patsy awoke just after 5 a.m. As she was walking down the stairs to the kitchen, she found a two-and-a-half-page ransom note. The note said that John Bonet had been kidnapped by a small foreign faction and was being held for a ransom of $118,000 which needed to be exchanged the next day for her safe return. The letter also warned that if the money was not delivered or the police contacted, the child would be killed. $118,000 back then, guys, is roughly $226,000 today. An hysterical Patsy yelled to John as she ran back up the stairs and opened the door to John Bonet's room. Discovering that she wasn't there, they made the decision to call the police. It was at 5.25 a.m. when the 911 call was dispatched. Deputies from the Boulder Police Department arrived at the Ramsey family home just seven minutes after the call came in. Meanwhile, the Ramseys called several friends and family members over to their home. The officers conducted a quick search of the house and reported no obvious signs of forced entry or any struggle. The only room sectioned off was John Benet's room, which they believed was the kidnapping scene. Upon finding no evidence in the ransom letter at first glance, detectives had no other option but to wait for the ransom call that was supposed to come in between 8 and 10 a.m. based on the note. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. However, even after waiting for several hours, no such call. And most of the time, guys, these ransom things never work out, whether, you know, the person's killed anyway, or they can't get the money, or something occurs, it, it almost always fails. Came in. At around 1 p.m., John was asked by detectives to search the whole house top to bottom to check if anything was missing. John's friend, Fleet White, decided to join him in the search, and together they decided to start from the bottom of the house, which is the basement. As John and Fleet were walking through the basement, they opened the door to a disused wine cellar that had been overlooked by investigators during the initial search. There, they were confronted with a gruesome scene. Inside the darkened basement room, in a corner, little John Benet was lying lifeless, wrapped in a white blanket and a sweatshirt. Her eyes were closed, her mouth was covered with black duct tape, and a nylon rope was wrapped tightly around her neck. Her right hand was bound with a piece of rope, 
which was also used to fashion a handcrafted garrote used to strangle her. Jean Bonnet was wearing a white knit shirt with a sequin decorated star on its chest, and her white underwear was stained with urine. John immediately picked up his daughter's body, loosened up the ropes, tore the tape off her mouth, and brought her to the upstairs living room, potentially destroying crucial evidence in the process. Yeah, and that's really bad for destroying evidence. Big lose for the police, the Colorado Police Department. Yeah, that's hell. Because they let these people contaminate the crime scene. Yep. Big lose. And I mean, I get it. It's like an emotional thing. So they're like, you know, you see your daughter there. You're not going to think twice like, oh, yeah, let me preserve the crime scene. You're thinking, oh, she might be still alive. Let me try to do something, you know. So, yeah, in the process of doing that, they absolutely ruined. But they also like the parents called people and friends and neighbors to help for the search of the of the girl. Uh And they also walked around the house. They were checking everywhere. So they they fucked it up you know yep absolutely absolutely and they're not sworn law enforcement officers so them going ahead and finding evidence isn't going to help at all yeah so yeah this definitely was a big l guys because there was who knows what kind of potential dna Mm -hmm. uh, evidence they they fucked around with at that point well when i first found her it was it was just a rush of you know thank god i found her Mm -hmm. and that it was a relief like a overwhelming relief that i'd found her and then I realized pretty quickly that she wasn't alive. You know, and I get it. You're the dad, you know. As soon as John put his daughter on the floor, Patsy collapsed right on top of the body while crying and screaming at the top of her lungs. As friends and family began to console the grief-stricken parents, police began to investigate the crime scene. As police headed to the basement to inspect the crime scene, They noticed that the basement was partitioned into several smaller rooms. The old wine cellar, where the body had been found, was also used for storage. It was filled with various arts and crafts, decorations, and old paint cans. There was a room to the northwest in the basement where a storm window with a broken window pane was discovered. First thing I noticed, obviously, was the three sets of windows in the wall up there. Uh, And I noticed the broken window and the suitcase when i see a blue suitcase below a window the first thing that i'm thinking was the intent eventually by the the perpetrator to put the body in a suitcase and remove the body from the crime scene john claimed that he broke it last summer after locking i have the the basement uh floor plan here oh you do if you want to show it okay um all right i'll pull that up for you guys uh right now if you can send that to me okay cool himself out of the house and because they lived in a safe neighborhood he never bothered to fix it the window is how police believe the killer gained entry to the property a suitcase was positioned under the window in the basement which was believed to have helped the intruder get back out of the window at the crime scene near where the body was found investigators found a partial footprint and a palm print on the door of the wine cellar in the basement both of which could not be identified The autopsy report of John Benet Ramsey revealed many grim details about her death. The child had several minor injuries, including an abrasion on her cheek and tiny hemorrhages around her eyelids. And uh, guys, I do have the crime scene photos here, which they're, they're graphic. I'm not going to show them, yeah, obviously, for obvious them. reasons, because uh, it's YouTube. And, and honestly, it pisses me off because I don't think... Uh, yeah, I'm just not going to show pictures of, of a child um, deceased. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, but 
Um, if you guys want to look at them, I'll put them there uh, in, in the link for you guys if you want to look. But uh, yeah, the, the the bastard that did this deserves to rot in hell. But uh, you you guys can uh, check them out if you want. But uh, I I just I shouldn't like even put them, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's it's really. Granted, I mean, you don't see her face or anything. You see like her hands or and stuff, but it's still um, disturbing. So uh, anyway, yeah. Back of her ankles also had minor abrasions. Her skull was fractured as a result of blood force trauma to her head. However, the official cause of her death was ruled as asphyxia by strangulation. She'd been strangled twice with a nylon cord, which had been tied to a makeshift garrote, which was made from a broken piece of one of Patsy's paintbrushes. No alcohol or medications were discovered in her system. However, the coroner found traces of pineapple in John Benet's stomach. Later, her parents claimed they did not remember giving her any pineapple the night before she died. But there was a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen, which had her nine-year-old brother Burke's fingerprints on it. Her underwear, as well as her leggings, were consistent with urine stains. Her area was wiped clean, and the underwear did not contain any... However, it had DNA from an unknown male. Even with all this evidence, investigators were not able to link anyone to the crime. But later in the investigation, all these pieces of evidence separately gave birth to many theories. Although John Bonet was strangled by a nylon cord, the object that was used to hit her in the head was never identified, despite a few objects having been called up for debate. A metal baseball bat was found by the wine cellar door later on in the search, but this could have been placed there by one of the staff on the property. Another object in question is the flashlight found on the kitchen counter, the head of which was consistent with the shape of the injury found on John Benet's head. Needless to say, the Boulder Police Department failed to properly secure the crime scene and protect evidence. Al Boulder Police Department. not only let the family and friends roam around the house, with some of them even cleaning up, but they also sent John to search the house instead of doing it themselves. Their negligence compromised potential evidence which might have been left at the crime scene, as well as on the victim's body. After their initial fumble, the investigation took a different direction. Investigators started with a theory of intruders, but soon they zeroed in on the Ramses due to some concerning evidence. Apparently, investigators discovered that not only the ransom note was written on one of Patsy's notepads using her pen, but handwriting experts from CBI who had eliminated John Ramsey as the note's author. CBI, guys, is the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. So that's similar to the TBI that I broke down for you guys on the Nashville shooting. It's the Colorado's version of the state police investigators, you know, so they're CBI special agents. Similar to think of them as a state version for Colorado of the FBI couldn't do the same for Patsy. Comparing the ransom note with Patsy's handwriting sample, they could neither eliminate her as the writer nor say definitively that she was. Investigators made another startling discovery regarding the note. The ransom money was the exact same amount as John Ramsey's Christmas bonus from that year. Police found it extremely odd that not only did the only $118,000, which is considerably low compared to the millions the Ramses had in their bank account. 
but they also took time writing and practicing a ransom note inside the house. The extremely long and bizarre note also contained several movie quotes, which perplexed investigators. We catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. In the movie, instead of it actually being a dog, a dog breed is actually mentioned. If you alert bank authorities, don't try to grow a brain, John. A certain character who was an LAPD police officer who was on a runaway bus was talking to a mad bomber on his cell phone. Yeah, I know the that movie, movie was Speed. There was another red flag investigators focused. I guess the killer really enjoyed pop culture, man. Yeah. Like, what the hell? their attention movie. on. John and Patsy claimed that their eldest child, Burke, who was just nine years old during the incident, was sleeping the entire time Patsy and John were frantically looking for their daughter and was only awoken by his father after they called the police. Yet the 911 dispatcher claimed that she heard the voice of a third person when Patsy thought she hung up the call but was still on the line. Some people assume that the voice was Burke's. So I remained on the phone trying to hear what was being said. It sounded like there were two voices in the room, maybe three different ones. The other anomaly in their story was that both John and Patsy were adamant that John Benet fell asleep in the car and they carried her to bed without her ever waking. So the discovery of pineapple in John Benet's stomach and a pineapple-filled bowl with Burke's fingerprints on it fueled the suspicion that John Benet's family were not telling the complete truth. One investigator theorized that Burke accidentally hit his sister in the head with the nearby flashlight after a fight ensued between them regarding the pineapple. In the fear of losing two of their children, John and Patsy staged the crime scene with a ransom note to make it look like an intruder was responsible for the murder. In an attempt to find clues, Police even interviewed Burke separate from his parents on multiple occasions, but could not reach any conclusion. One other theory was that it was Patsy who killed her own daughter after John Bonet approached her mother with a bedwetting incident that Christmas night. Apparently, I think that's kind of crazy. The six-year-old was a regular bedwetter and even often wore diapers despite her age. Many suspected that Patsy, who allegedly had some psychological issues at the time, attacked John Bonet in a fit of rage, eventually killing her. Some believe that she, along with John, covered the crime to look like a kidnapping and later deliberately compromised evidence to divert the investigation. The news of the horrific death of the six-year-old beauty queen, who was the daughter of a millionaire, broke like wildfire. Jean Benet Ramsey, the little girl in Colorado, was murdered. Beauty queen Jean Benet. Jean Benet's murder has frightened residents of Boulder. Local, national, and even international media followed the murder of John Benet Ramsey closely. Picture and I'll tell you guys this, as someone, you know, who's her age, I remember vividly when I was a kid, right around nine, ten years old, years after she had died, they were still talking about this on the news. They were still interviewing the parents. This was huge back yeah. in the day. Pictures of the little girl wearing full makeup. And this is 20 years ago now at this point, over 20 years ago. Glittery outfits were splayed on the covers of every tabloid magazine. As America continued to speculate if the Ramses caused the death of their own child, their lawyer criticized the media for character assassination against his clients. He also accused Boulder police of leaking false and distorted information to the media to apply pressure and elicit a confession from John and Patsy.
Just a day after John Bonet's burial in St. Francis Episcopal Cemetery in Marietta, Georgia, John and Patsy gave their first public appearance. On January 1, 1996, the Ramsey parents pleaded on CNN for help finding their daughter's murderer. In their first public comment on the murder, Patsy says that there's a killer on the loose. There is a killer on the loose. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a he or a she, but if I were a resident of Boulder, I would tell my friends to keep, keep your babies close to you. Many people, including some in law enforcement, found the interview and their body language suspicious, but no solid proof ever emerged in support of the theory. This interview forged a path for dozens of other interviews from the Ramsey family over the years, but none led to any significant clues that could unravel the mystery. And they were being interviewed, guys, into the early 2000s. I vividly remember uh, back in like, like it was either late 99 or 2000 or 2001. They were still talking to these parents about this case, man. And like I had saw it on like Dateline or one of these mainstream television i know i'm just showing my age right now because tv used to be the thing back then guys it wasn't like netflix and streaming like you guys see nowadays like if you wanted the news you had to turn on the tv to be able to do it or read the newspaper so I, yeah they were interviewing them into the late 90s early 2000s man i remember about this that's, case. that's crazy i don't understand yeah. how can they bear to be interviewed that many times yeah it is a little crazy right it is yeah. i mean if you if you have a missing child you you have a missing child dead child like, why will you be reminded? Like, what will you want to be reminded of? Like, I mean, maybe, maybe because they want to get justice, right? I, I could see that perspective as well. But at the same time, yeah, you're opening a wound every time you go and do that interview. Exactly. But also, like, it's repeating the same story as well. Yeah. Like, well, what could they say that could be different? Like, if, if they hadn't said it, like, you know, their interviews. True. I understand. True. True. Very, very true. But hey, man, anything for clout, right? <laughs> it was months before investigators were able to obtain the clothing the Ramses had worn the night their daughter was killed. That was only the only way to get clout back then, bro. If you weren't on TV, you were a nobody, bro. Like, there's no yeah, social I mean, media, none reason... of that. There ain't, there ain't no, uh, you're not going to build a platform unless you get on TV back then. Well, the only reason I would think is money, you know? Like, if they get paid for yeah. each interview. But they have money, so that's another, that, exactly. like, which is also <laughs> strange to me. So I don't know. Yeah. And even longer before they could get access to the parents' phone records and credit card bills. While there had already been a DNA test done by the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, a secondary one was done by Maryland's Selmark Laboratories, and John Bonet's parents remained under the umbrella of suspicion. Needless to say, the Ramsey family was extremely upset with the investigation. They felt that both Boulder police and the media were targeting them deliberately without any hard evidence. Just months after the murder, once these allegations came to light, the Ramseys stopped cooperating and stopped giving interviews to police, despite previously cooperating with the investigation and even submitting their DNA samples willingly. The Ramseys' attorneys wanted all the questions. They said they wouldn't go in for an interview with the police because they didn't know what the police were going to ask. All further interactions with investigators were set about by their lawyer, whom they hired soon after the murder following a friend's advice. In February of 1997, District Attorney Alex Hunter announced that they had formed an expert prosecution task force vowing to bring John Bonet's killer to justice. 
The team included forensic expert Henry Lee and DNA specialist Barry Sheck, who were both... Henry Lee is very famous. He has a uh, whole part of University of New Haven named after him. I think it's called the Henry Lee School of Forensic Science. Both involved with O.J. Simpson's defense team. In March of the same year, just three months after the killing, the DA asked Detective Lou Smith, who had longtime expertise involving tricky homicides, to join the investigation. He initially explored the Boulder Police Department's theory of John Binet's mother, Patsy Ramsey, being the killer and writing the ransom note she said she had found in her home. However, 18 months after joining the investigation, Detective Smith resigned, accusing the Boulder Police of unfairly targeting the Ramseys as suspects, despite substantial evidence to the contrary. Some people call it tunnel vision. Perhaps that's the case. They have just stopped at the Ramseys. Plain and simple. They've gone to the Ramseys and they've stopped. In his resignation letter, dated September 20th, 1998, he stated that he believed the Ramseys did not do it. He further explained that there was credible evidence of an intruder and a lack of evidence that the parents were involved. After leaving the investigation, Smith independently worked on the case for years on his own dime. Unfortunately, he passed away before seeing the case resolved. On October 13, 1999, Boulder District Attorney Alex Hunter announced that a grand jury had finished its investigation and he was not interested in filing charges against the Ramseys because of a lack of evidence. The Ramseys released a statement following this announcement saying that it was no satisfaction since a child killer remained free and undetected. What was unknown at the time, but was reported by CNN 14 years later, was that in 1999, the grand jury had, indeed, voted to indict both John and Patsy Ramsey on charges of child abuse resulting oh. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. in death and being accessories to a crime. According to unsealed court documents, both parents were thought to have hindered the original investigation in multiple different ways. But Hunter refused to file the charges. Mm, so that's clear, guys. So it wasn't that they were the killers. It was that they impeded the investigation to the point that it was significantly damaged so they couldn't catch the actual killers. That's a very important distinction. Even though the grand jury voted for them, believing he did not have enough to get a conviction. We do not have sufficient. That's true, guys. Remember. Just because you have enough to indict does not mean that you have enough to win a trial. And keep in mind, he's not stupid, okay? He knows that the Ramseys got what? And when they got money, what does that mean? They can get a good defense team. And that means that they're going to fight this thing tooth and nail. And what's more than likely going to happen, it's going to be a big, easy. That was easy. Victory for the Ramseys. And they don't want to lose, okay? So any defense attorney with half a brain would have been able to fight off these prosecutors deny and get the Ramseys off. So they looked at it like just because we have enough to indict does not mean that we have enough to convict them beyond a reasonable doubt. Keep in mind, guys, for all my uh, international viewers out there and guys that aren't too well versed in the law to indict someone. All you need is probable cause to convict someone. You need beyond a reasonable doubt, which is substantially more than just probable cause and evidence to warrant the filing of charges against anyone who has been investigated at this time. Although they were never officially charged, many people, including many in the media, still held them responsible for John Benet's death despite their continuous claims of innocence. The Ramsey family continued giving interviews at regular intervals, 
and even released a book entitled Death of Innocence in 2000, naming three potential suspects, none of whom would ever be held. I think I saw an episode okay. of them promo go, uh, promoting this book, by the way, guys, um, in the early 2000s. Because <laughs> they did more interviews to promote this book. Okay, this is this is just dumped up. Yeah, weird, huh? Why, why would you... Accountable for... What would you get a book, man? What would you write a book about this? Like, this is just like, I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, if you didn't do it, I guess, like, it would be annoying to be accused Dude, of killing your own child. You're, but you're getting money out of it. It's that's true. The murder. It's weird. Everything they're doing is weird. <laughs> but that does not necessarily mean they're guilty. But we'll see here. In 2006, the Ramsey family faced another tragic loss. After a long battle with ovarian cancer, Patsy Ramsey took her last breath on June 24, 2006, at the age of 49. As years passed, the Ramsey family continued to protest their innocence as they continued to demand justice for John Benet. On July 9, 2008, nearly 12 years after the murder, in a press conference, Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey publicly exonerated and cleared the entire Ramsey family of responsibility for the death of John Benet Ramsey. Lacey cited new methods of DNA analysis, suggesting that the Ramsey family did not have anything to do with their daughter's killing. In a Bam, cleared. You know, <laughs> a letter. Oh, look, the DA actually sent them a, a letter. Mr. John Ramsey, dear Mr. Ramsey, as you are aware, since December 2002, the Boulder District Attorney's Office has been the agency responsible for the investigation of the homicide of your daughter, John Benet. I understand that the I understand the fact that we have not been able to identify the person who killed her is a great disappointment. That is a continuing hardship for you and your family. However, significant new evidence has recently been discovered through the application of relatively new. Uh, she also apologized methods. to the family. Methods, okay, of DNA analysis. This new scientific evidence are contributing in any way to the public perception that they convinces us that it is appropriate given might the, have been involved in this crime. <laughs> circumstances of this case. Oh, God damn it! Hold on, guys. I'm gonna get contributing in any way to the public perception that they might have been involved in this crime. Okay, circumstances of this case to state that we do not, and I probably ends up uh, want to pursue charges and do not think you're culpable, blah, blah, blah. In August 2009, Boulder police announced that they were reactivating the case with the help of a newly created 20-person advisory task force to further work on John Benet's murder. Since then, the case has remained open, though no new suspects have been named publicly. Investigators revealed in a statement that they had tested over 1,500 pieces of evidence, analyzed nearly 1,000 DNA samples, interviewed more than 1,000 individuals, and investigated over 21,000 tips through 19 states, but always came up empty-handed. In late 2016, just months before the 20th anniversary of John Benet's murder, CBS released a special on this crime where a team of investigators suggested a theory that involved John and Patsy Ramsey creating a fake crime scene to cover up Burke Ramsey's involvement in accidentally killing his younger sister. After its release, Burke filed a $750 million oh, defamation yeah. lawsuit you, you, you know that's coming. <laughs> CBS, the producers of the documentary, as well as the experts who were seen in the documentary. Burke also separately sued a forensic pathologist who gave an interview promoting the documentary. Breaking a 20-year silence, in September of 2016, the nearly 30-year-old Burke Ramsey appeared on the Dr. Phil show and spoke publicly about the murder for the first time. While addressing some of the conspiracy theories surrounding his involvement in the murder, 
he denied killing his sister several times. He also complained about the media's perception. Yeah, uh, guys, if you guys want a little bit of a laugh, go watch that interview. He was really weird. I ain't gonna lie. Very strange. Maybe I'll pull it up for you guys if they don't hit me with the copyright. ...of the case and said it had led him to seek a more private life as an adult. Many people criticized this interview, addressing Burke's uncomfortable grinning throughout the entirety of the episode. <laughs> yes, it was weird as hell. You know what? Let's go. You know what? Fuck it. It is what it is. If we get hit with the copyright, it is with the tears and you guys can see here that the house is on sale right now for nearly seven million dollars holy out there in boulder colorado okay so if you guys want to get chap lips move out there to boulder um let's see here so you go youtube right burke ramsey got to my boy andrew tate free him and tristan i was talking with them today they're doing well guys <laughs> uh burke ramsey interview dr phil comes right up right here it is. It's the season premiere of the... Speak to them. Why 14 years... The ransom note reported... ...grateful for her being there. He continued. Did you know she... It gets worse. The hell, did I to realize... She's a bat? over the... No, go so back. <laughs> Any and all... <laughs> you had gone to... Indian... Complex. God damn it. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I don't think this is it. No, it's not that one. This is the one that it was that one. click this one. Yeah, it's that one. I don't, like, had I ever been to a funeral before, period? I'm not sure. Who was with you when you were standing and, and viewing her? Me and my mom and my dad. How were they behaving? You can tell my dad loved my sister a lot, and they're both crying. Hold on, let me see if I can get a better dreaming? quality for you guys. This is probably the murder it. of six year old. Here we go. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. Where is he? He didn't have to get up and go check because he knew exactly what had happened. I mean, I didn't know if there's some bad guy downstairs. Yeah, that is a weird he grin, actually. Weird, what the hell? Yeah. Then you look here. It's weird to think that at least no one in the world knows exactly what happened. Uh, the fact that the man says it will remain unsolved. I've seen many detectives solve uh, uh, mystery deaths. When they put their heart in that hope, John Bonet gets her justice uh, she deserves. Let's see here. Yeah, it's just people like showing. Okay. The brother's perpetual smile is not only inappropriate, it's absolutely horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird, bro. Yeah, I mean, look, look at that. Dad was chasing <laughs> off with a gun. Everyone looks at the interview of Burke and thinks, why is this young man smiling? Yeah. I don't see a smile as much as I see an uncomfortable facial expression, but I don't. That's true. Some people are weird as fuck and just smile when, when they're getting interviewed. But I mean, it, it was weird as hell. You know what I mean? It definitely. Oh, here we go. Dr. Phil. Are you aware of these different theories that are out there? I didn't know they were camps, I guess. And these are people that post online. The shorthand is RDI. Ramsey did it. IDI, the intruder did it, or BDI, Bert did it. Do you know the theories <laughs> that they set forth in saying that your mom killed John Bonet? I don't know the details, but I know the ransom note. They think the handwriting match. Have you seen it? Have you read it? I don't think I've read the whole thing. I've definitely seen pictures of it, though. Did the handwriting look familiar to you at all? 
Had you uh, seen it ever before? No. Is that the real so, thing? Like, the lesson... Nah, of course not. It's probably a copy. Carefully is very distinct, and I've never really seen that. The real one's going to be in the evidence vault at yeah. the Boulder Police Department. I don't know. I've never really looked at it closely because I'll see it and kind of get taken aback and it's not something I really want to look at like a lot, you know? Right. Does that look like her handwriting? <laughs> Honestly, looking at that, she would always bug me about having good handwriting and she would like make me rewrite stuff to try to get. Yeah. He's just, he's awkward. Fuck. Oh, and they turned the comments off. Of course. This is the actual Dr. Phil channel. Those probably because they were roasting him for being weird. <laughs> so. Despite all the concerning factors and allegations against the Ramses, they were not the only suspects in John Bonet's murder. As twisted as this case is, there was, in fact, a pool of suspects who were not in the Ramsey family. Over the years, a number of people were under the light of suspicion for the little girl's tragic demise. Unfortunately, Every effort from the investigation to look into them was in vain. One of those suspects was Gary Oliva, a then 32-year-old known sex offender in Boulder, Colorado. Given the fact that there was unknown male DNA on John Bonet's underwear and she was thought to have been sexually molested, Gary was looked into as a suspect. More concerningly, the convicted pedophile had been living in the area on and off when police allegedly found a magazine cutout with John Bonet's picture in his backpack after he was apprehended on drug charges in 2000. What? Allegedly, not long after this murder, he also confessed to one of his friends about hurting a little girl. This is another thing Abdul, why- get the rocks! Hello, this is, this is another reason why uh, little girls shouldn't be on pageants. Yeah, pageants, yeah, pageants. I agree. I get this terrifying like this phone guy. call. Yeah. He's screaming, I heard a little girl. It was shock, it was pure shock. He was soon released from prison but the suspicions remained. However, in later years, he was cleared as a suspect based on DNA testing. Another potential suspect was an electrician named Michael Helgoth, who worked in a nearby auto salvage yard around the time of the murder. Allegedly, Michael had been tied to an alleged property dispute involving the Ramses. The investigating officers speculated whether or not he was involved in the despicable act of John Bonet's murder out of revenge against her parents. Allegedly, Helgoth made multiple concerning statements to one of his colleagues shortly before John Bonet's murder, such as he couldn't wait until Christmas, as he and a partner were about to make fifty to sixty thousand dollars each. He also made a comment about what it would feel like to crack a human skull. Oddly enough, he committed suicide just two days after a 1997 press conference announcing that the Boulder DA was zeroing in on a new suspect. However, oh, wow. Helgoth has since been cleared by DNA. Mm. In 2006, investigators seemingly got a breakthrough in the case out of the blue when a former school teacher, John Mark Carr, confessed to John Bonet's death in graphic detail, saying that it was an accident. Carr was arrested in Thailand, where he'd been living after facing child pornography charges in the U.S. John Mark Carr, 41 years old was arrested for the murder of John Bonet Ramsey yesterday morning at approximately 6 a.m. in Bangkok, Thailand. He was immediately flown to Boulder for questioning, but his testimony was not consistent with the details of the crime. He claimed that he drugged John Bonet before her murder, but there were no traces of drugs found in the victim's system during the autopsy. In his confession, 
He'd mostly provided only basic facts that were publicly known and failed to provide any additional convincing details. You and guys, this is actually more surprising than you think, people making false confessions like this. It was ultimately cleared after his DNA failed to match the profile of an unknown male found on the victim and written off as a pedophile who was after notoriety and fame. They do anything for clout, man. Okay. Now I see. However, his confession and arrest made headlines in the international media, eventually turning into a media fiasco. Bill McReynolds, a retired professor and a family friend, also found himself on the police radar regarding the death of John Bonet. McReynolds had dressed up as Santa Claus the week before John Bonet's murder to entertain the neighborhood children at one of Patsy's famous Christmas gatherings and allegedly gave John Bonet a card promising her a special gift after Christmas. Allegedly, McReynolds was rumored to have paid a little too much attention to John Bonet, going so far as to arrange a secret visit from Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. His strange behavior made him a questionable man in the eyes of authorities, as well as the Ramsey family. To add fuel to the fire, there were two more coincidences that emerged upon digging into McReynolds' past. His own daughter was abducted along with one of her female friends and was forced to witness the sexual assault of her friend exactly 22 years to the day before John Bonet's murder. Additionally, McReynolds' wife wrote a play about a young girl being sexually assaulted and murdered in a basement, a story that was eerily similar to John Bonet's. However, the story was based on the true story of Sylvia Likens. Despite this case. particular suspect generating buzz in the media, it failed to amount to anything substantial. After McReynolds' death in 2002, however, authorities deemed him highly unlikely to have been responsible for the crime. According to one theory, a 68-year-old Colorado woman, Bernice Johnson, an inmate at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility, claimed that her ex-partner and her daughter's father, Todd Fuss, had some role to play in the John Bonet Ramsey case. Given that their child was possibly in some of the same pageants as John Bonet, she said that Todd might have been at the same location and event as John Bonet on a few occasions and developed a sick fantasy about her in his mind. She also made allegations that he'd previously been caught watching young girls. While this claim itself led to a whole new theory, Todd was later cleared after his DNA did not match the crime scene DNA. The last suspect in this list is Linda Hoffman Pugh, who voiced her suspicions about Patsy for accidentally killing John Bonet. While Linda worked as a housekeeper, her husband, Mervyn Pugh, worked as a handyman for the Ramsey family. Suspicion first fell on Linda when Patsy claimed to investigators that Linda and Mervyn were struggling for money at the time and asked for a loan of several thousand dollars from the Ramsey family, which was rejected. Investigators speculated that Linda, who was known to carry a key to the home, could have led a trusting John Bonet down into the basement on Christmas night in an attempt to trick her employers into leaving money for her ransom, but somehow ended up accidentally killing her. It was also possible that she could have learned about John Ramsey's Christmas bonus and chosen that as her demand. Additionally, she did not even have a solid alibi for the night of the murder. Reportedly, police took her fingerprints and several strands of her hair, but never officially charged her as a suspect in John Bonet's slaying. Just a few months ago, John Ramsey came out with his take on the investigation, and needless to say, he was not very pleased with it. In fact, John Ramsey slammed the investigators for not doing their job properly, as he believed that there was a huge connection between his daughter's murder 
and a frightening attack carried out just nine months later on another young girl who went to the same dance school as John Bonet. The perpetrator, however, was never found, just like in the case of our slain beauty queen. Yep, crazy stuff. Riddled with conflicting theories, false confessions, and a pool of suspects, the 26-year-old mystery of who killed America's tiny pageant queen has long become a white whale for conspiracy theorists and armchair detectives alike. Just last year, John Ramsey started a campaign for the case to be sent to be handled by another agency and for DNA samples to be sent to a private lab to be retested with the latest DNA technology. As of now, the killer has still not been found, and no official suspects have been publicly named. However, supporters, investigators, and John Bonet's existing family still hold out hope that one day this tragic murder will be solved. The case, which is considered one of the most notorious unsolved murders in America, continues to baffle people. Crazy, 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 man. Crazy stuff. Uh, very sad. Um, so, yeah, guys, that is the case of John Bonet Ramsey, as you guys could see. Many winding turns. Um, I'm glad that the parents were exonerated because that's got to be terrible for you to be parents and be accused of being the killers. And I remember as a kid that they, they were the prime suspects, man, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And obviously with the DNA evidence, they were able to exonerate them. Um, Angie, what are your final thoughts? Um, you know what? The, this case just has too many crazy and curious facts. You know, uh, do you know the case of Natalie Holloway? Holloway? No, I never heard of it. Okay, so that's another highly requested as well. So apparently, um, she that was a girl that got missing in Aruba in 2005, I think. And her mother uh, started dating uh, John Benet Ramsey because they have like similarities and like in, in common interests, something like that. I don't know, which is crazy. To me, that's crazy. Just like two parents that have missing kids, fucked, just, just, just fucked up. But yeah, uh, people wanted to know what do you think about the case and who do you think did kill John Bonet? I personally, I have no clue. Like, there's too many suspects, but the problem is that the DNA doesn't match. Hmm. So it's yeah. like that. It is what it is, you yeah, know. But it, I would think I will argue that the, the, the DNA doesn't match because the crime scene was contaminated. Contaminated. So true, but they did have the, they did have an unknown male's DNA on the victim yeah but it could be anyone well if it was anyone then they could have they, they could have i mean they, they could have easily because here's the thing you gotta remember that they didn't have dna evidence like that back when she was killed right you know what i mean like it kind of was around but they didn't really like have it like that so i don't know i don't think the family did it i don't know you don't think the family did i don't think so what you think you think the family did it i don't know I just find we weird that why would they have to make a book and give away so many interviews? It's just well, you got well. Here's the thing, it, it they got a lot of heat back in the day. Yeah, it, like it was bad. I remember as a kid watching like them on on the news. Everyone saying that they were the killers. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. I I mean, I, I can understand that, but it's still like I it's have, stupid I, to make a book for it. But yeah, but I've seen so many cases like this, and nobody does that. You know, like, writes a book. Well, Where's unless you're O.J. Simpson, and then you make it, I did it. If I did it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't so, know. It's just crazy. Everything yeah. is crazy about this it's case. It's wild. But uh, anyway, guys, hope you guys enjoyed that. Comment below who you think the killer was. Um, don't forget to like the video on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode of Fed It. Peace.